Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grun. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basic, by examining the Word of God, and especially the example of the Book of Acts Church, to see how the early church served the Lord. By delving deeper into Scripture, we find the church the Lord intended, and not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is on going the fire of the upper room still burns if you have any questions go to firefalltalkradio.com use the contact button or you can write us directly at the porch lowercase one word at firefalltalkradio.com you'd like to support us there are ways to do so go to the firefall talk radio homepage. we appreciate your support and encouragement welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms remember we can always be found on apple podcast google Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Hello. Glad you could be here. Glad I can be here. Missed you last week, but I hope that uh, the Hanukkah teaching that I replayed blessed you. Had a lesson all ready to go yesterday, and Lord did it again about midday this afternoon. Actually, as we were coming back from shopping at Publix, the Lord spoke to me and said, um, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to give a word of encouragement. I want you to end the year with a message of hopeful endurance to tell my children to keep going. And that's what we're going to do tonight. But remember, if you need prayer or you want to pray for others in the porch community, write us, go to the porch uh, contact on uh, firefalltalkradio.com, contact button, or use the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. End of the year, any blessings, anything you want to do, we would appreciate. Continue to pray for us, SRT, all of our family members. Um, Enemy's been very active. I'm sure he has been in your life as well. I know a number of people are struggling with whatever this bug is that settles in the throat. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that have had it or it continues to linger as it's doing so with me. Um, we appreciate you. I wanted you to know that I appreciate you. I appreciate the encouragement and the prayers that you've offered us. So, Lord, we come to you right now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. We ask, first of all, we want to tell you how much we love you. We want to praise you. We want to thank you for who you are and what you're doing. We want to thank you for our families, our loved ones, um, all the things you've given us in our life. I'm thankful for my family, my wife, my home, our furry kids, everything that you've done for me. Never take it for granted. We never want to take what you've done for us for granted, especially the cross. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us, even when we were and sometimes are unlovable. We thank you for Yeshua, your only begotten Son, whom you were willing to sacrifice so that you could have us back in your life and we could have you in ours. Oh my goodness, what a price you paid to restore us into right relationship with you. Lord, we thank you for doing it for paying that price, for shedding your blood, 
for dying, but most of all for living, for rising from the dead, teaching us, walking with us, sending the Spirit to walk with us, and then sitting down at the right hand of the Father where you allow us to sit with you in the heavenly places. We ask that you bless this time, bless the technology, guide us. We take our thoughts captive right now. We shut out everything, turn off everything. We lock onto you. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah, claiming the mind of Messiah, casting down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El- Elion, God Most High, our Abba Father. Holy Spirit, we ask you to touch us, speak to us, let things reverberate and resonate inside of us as we hear the word. Have your will, have your way, do whatever you want to do, because we need you. We need hope, we need strength, and we need your help to keep going. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me say that again. Faith comes by hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Messiah. That's why there's so much scripture in everything I do, whether I preach, teach, write, whatever it is. Because that's where the power is. The power is in the Word. The written Word and the living Word. That's what changes you. So get your Bibles open. Tangible, physical Bibles. If you have them, you want to use your iPads or your digital technology, that's fine too. There's going to be a lot of scripture tonight. I know I say that and you go, oh yeah, there usually is. No, no, no. There's going to be a lot of scripture tonight in this message. So you may want to download it, go back over it, take notes. Folks, if you're serious about your walk, that's why you're here. I'm not I'm not an ear tickler. I'm not here to entertain you, though I can be entertaining and the things I say and do, some intentionally, some not. But the fact is, if you're here, you're serious. And you need to get serious. Because what's coming is very serious. And I know the ear ticklers tell you all these things they've told you. Some of them are starting to change their tune. We are headed into stormy weather in our lives, our businesses, our families, our relationships, we are heading, headed into the times that the Lord warned us about. So go with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12 is where we're going to start. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Yeshua, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 1 starts out with the word, therefore. Therefore what? What argument is being made here? Well, it began in Hebrews 11. The argument was about faith. So now we're going to jump to Hebrews 11. Let's spend a little time there. So you may want to stay there as I add the scriptures all around. You know, I look at this as a, a meal, as a banquet. And yes, you have one big selection of food, but each individual dish within that makes up the banquet. Well, there's going to be a lot of food. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not seen, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We know from the Word of God, not everyone has faith. Second Thessalonians three two says that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. And that's that's a simple understanding. We live in a fallen world ruled by the fallen, under a fallen world system. So not everybody has faith, but we do, and we should understand the faith that we have. Let me give you some different definitions of faith that we get from Hebrews 11. As I already said, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It has the invisible backing, confirmation by biblical elders. It's the creative power of divine works. Faith is a divine testimony of correct behavior. It's the cancellation of all natural laws. It's the basis of pleasing God. Faith is dependent upon God's Word. Gets us back to where we started. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It's trust in an unknown future. And faith is counting things that be not as they are, but as they should be. That's the walk that we have. That's the walk we've been given. We have to consider everything as, not as it is, but as what it should be. That's what faith does for us. When we get into looking things as they are, We lose faith. We lose hope. We get down. Faith allows us to see invisible things. All of the heroes of faith that are going to be mentioned, they all died in faith. They were guided and sustained by it, but they died in faith without receiving the tangible fulfillment of God's promises. Only having seen them, anticipated them, spiritually expecting them, 
They welcomed them from a distance. Faith is the assurance of God's faithfulness. Now, isn't that amazing? We have faith in his faithfulness. Hebrews 10.23, let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. He's as good as his word. Man may not be good as good as their word. Society's definitely not good for their word. But God is. Faith gives us confidence in things to come. Ephesians 3.12. In whom, the Lord, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. At a time when you lose your confidence in the natural, you've got to grab it in the supernatural. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. And you can't do that if you're not setting your mind on the Word, if you're not opening the Word. If you're you're just doing drive-by shotgun devotions, that's like taking a sip of water or a nibble of food and expecting that you're going to be strong enough to endure. 1 John 3.21 tells us we have confidence towards God. I communicate with a lot of different people, verbally, personally, emails, and I am stunned at the number of people of late that are losing confidence in God. The enemy has stolen their hope. He has stolen their faith. They've been tricked into believing the lie. If you don't know how to pray for people, pray that they would have faith. Pray that they would not be fooled. We have the stimulus of our faith to allow us to keep going. It stimulates us. It inspires us. It allows us to take in the fire of the Holy Spirit to fuel us, to drive us forward. I've shared with you dreams and visions. I've shared with you the things I believe God wants us to do, whether it's through the porch or firefall or SRT. And it's been a long journey. It's been a fight. It's been a struggle. Everything and anything has come come at us to stop us. But what keeps me going is I know that he's as good as his word. Faith is the lifeblood of the just. The righteous live by faith. Is there any other way to live? I don't I don't see it. I don't know it. I've tried them all. Faith is the shield of the armor that is given us to allow us to walk and do what we've called to do. It protects us from the enemy's attacks. When the enemy comes in with the lies and the recriminations and the accusation, you've got to throw up that shield of faith. You've got to throw it up and block those darts and even speak the word and speak the name and do whatever you need to do to beat the enemy off. And right now, Larry and I were talking about this the other day. Right now, the enemy is barrage after barrage after barrage to beat us down, to take us down. Endure. Keep fighting. Keep going. 
Faith is the down payment of things desired. Now, of course, those things desired must line up with the Word of God. They must line up with the Father's heart. He's not going to give us what's bad for us. And faith is the guarantee of answered prayer. The Lord says in Mark 11, starting verse 22, red letter basics here. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, here we get into problem because most people have been taught name it and claim it, fast food, put your coin in the machine prayer where you put it in, it comes immediately. That does not line up with the Word of God. That does not line up with the heroes of faith. But if you believe and you say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and you do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will be done, it will happen. Therefore, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Believe that they're coming, and you will have them. When I pray to the Lord, and when Larry and I pray together, we speak to things not as they are, but as we know they will be. We thank him for what he's done. We thank him for what he's doing. We receive by faith. The other, one of the times we prayed, it was a while ago, we were praying and I just kind of asked the Lord for some confirmation of that. And I heard in the spirit, I heard him say to me, we asked the Lord, is this money coming? Is this the blessings coming to do all the things that you've told us to do? And he just quietly said, well, you've spent it all already. So, of course, my natural mind went, what? And then I realized he knows the end from the beginning. He's seen the future. So we, if he has seen us spend it, then he has seen us receive it because he gave it to us. And that tells us it's coming. Faith is the evidence of not things that we can't see. Just like I said, it's the proof that it's going to happen. I am sitting here speaking to you, preaching the word because of faith. People had faith that God would save me. People had faith that God would deliver me. Took a little bit of time, but it happened. Here I am, tangible proof of faith. So what are some of the things as we as believers hope for? Well, first thing we hope for is salvation. Romans 8, starting verse 24, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is not seen. Hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await for it with perseverance. That salvation is of our souls. That salvation is of our bodies. That salvation is of our lives, the one he comes and gets us. And as I've said before, Lord, if you want to do that anytime, we're ready. We're good. We're good. First Thessalonians 5 eight says, But since we, believers, belong to the day, let us be sober. 
having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope and confident assurance of salvation. Yeshua means salvation. He is our salvation. That's why people that don't know him have no hope. They have to put their hope in the world or in other people or in systems or programs. Believe is hope for righteousness. Galatians 5, 5, for we through the Spirit eagerly await for the hope of righteousness by faith. You can't do anything without hope, without faith. You can't be what you are called to be without hope and faith, without his help, and without the Spirit helping you. The other thing we hope for is in the calling. Ephesians 1.18, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints who are God's people. Ephesians 4, four. there is one body of believers and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation. I say this a lot, and I'll say it again. I do not know how people that don't have that hope can endure the stress and the trials of this world. The other thing I hope for is Messiah. Messiah in us, that gives us hope. First Colossians 1 7, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Messiah in you, the hope of glory, the hope and guarantee of realizing the glory. Suicide is up because people lose hope. They paid attention to what's going on in the world and they see no hope. They see no good outcome, so they give up. And then they step over to the other side and go, oops, I think I made a mistake. Don't give up hope. If you ever get that bad that you think it's better to not be here than to be here and you don't have people to reach out to, reach out. We'll pray for you. We'll get the word out. We'll fight for you. We have hope in the glory of the New Testament, in the covenant of the New Testament. Isn't that what we were celebrating in the sense of, for those of you that celebrated Christmas as the birth of Messiah? That was a fulfillment of a covenant, a blood covenant that he would pay later on. From wood to wood, from the wood of a manger to the wood of a cross. That's what his birth was all about. The old ways, with laws etched in stone, led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, and he's talking about the law, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way? 
the new covenant, which makes us right with God. In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way, of the new covenant. For if the old way, the law, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. You know, one of the arguments in the Messianic community, and some take it and they go in the wrong direction, is that the law is still in effect. The law has not been done away for. And partially they're right. The law is still in effect for the world. If you've not been washed by the blood, if, you're, if your debts have not been paid for, you're still under the law. But those of us who have been redeemed, those of us who have been born again, the law is not in effect because we have a glorious hope and confident expectation that the new covenant is the better way. We have a hope of a future life, 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen. If we who are abiding in Messiah have hoped only in this life, and this is all there is, then we are of all people most miserable and to be pitied. 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen says, If this is all there is, then you have no hope. No wonder you're miserable. But you and I, we have a better hope. We have hope in a final destination. We have hope in paradise, eternity with the Lord. We have hope for the resurrection. Yeshua said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. There are two deaths. The first death, when you get out of your body, and if you're born again, then you get your resurrected body and you're in paradise with the Lord. Then there's the second death, the final judgment, where your eternal resting place is decided, whether it's to be with Messiah or the lake of fire. So even though you die, you live. And knowing what I know about the spirit man, about the way he designed us, it makes sense because electricity can only be altered, cannot be destroyed. So what makes up you is going to exist somewhere. It's going to go on. I know where I'm going, do you? We have hope and final rewards, First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 2.19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not is it not even you in the presence of our Lord? Jesus, the Messiah, at his coming? When you preach the gospel, when you get people saved, healed, and delivered, your joy is that when people stand before the Lord redeemed and you were a part of that equation, There's a reward. There's, there's, there's crowns that you earn. But the reward for me is knowing that those people are going to spend eternity with the Lord, not with the enemy, not in the lake of fire. There's hope and final grace. First Peter one thirteen, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, 
be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. When you stand before him, when you see him, you're going to be filled with hope because your hope is in the coming of the Lord. Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus the Messiah. That's what driv, drove. That's what drove. Yeah, we went drove. We took a long drive. That's what drove the book of Acts Church to see him, to know that he was coming back for them. And we have hope that eventually we can be like Messiah. 1 John 3, starting verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. In that moment, your eyes will be open. You will be enlightened. You will be filled with the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And you will see him as he is because you will be like him. You have hope in eternal life. Titus 1, 2, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So faith is in things not seen. One of those things is the restoration of all things spoken about in Acts 3.21. Peter said that the Lord had heaven had to receive him until the times of the restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. About things to come. Now listen to me. You're struggling with your faith. If you believe that God has abandoned you, if you believe that in anything, any lie of the enemy or people to you, listen to this. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited from the unlimited love of God which is in Messiah Yeshua our Lord if you need to look it up Romans 8:38 and 39 there are things that have been prepared for us which we have not seen i has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him first corinthians 2:9 See, the purpose of hearing the Word, the purpose of seeing the Word, the purpose of writing it down, putting it up, doing whatever you need to do to get it into you is to remind you of these things. Facebook's not going to do that, though a meme or a post might. 
ESPN's not going to do that. The news is definitely not going to do that. The Internet can do it, but for the most part won't. The Word is your only hope. The Spirit in the Word is your only hope. The person who wrote the Word is your only hope. We are looking for eternal things. Second Corinthians 4.18, For while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's so many books and stories and teachings out there about the unseen realm, the quantum realm. There's a really book that I've been reading for a while because you have to chew it in little bites about quantum glory, about the glory of God in the quantum field and how it affects us in all creation. But the fact is, the things which we can't see are eternal. What about future things? Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Philippians 3.13. Look at this word. Look at this tapestry sewn together by the Lord through the prophets and through the writers from Genesis to Revelation of all the things we need to know that can be taken, pulled together like I'm doing right now about a specific topic and just bring it together into one tapestry of hope and faith and promises that you can wrap yourself up in. Of the things above, Colossians 3, verse 1, if, if then you were raised with Messiah, seek those things which are above where Messiah is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Not on things on earth, on the earth. Hasatan is the god of this world, small g. The fallen that serve him, that surround him, and all the demons and all the humans that are a part of their kingdom, they're in control right now, whether you want to believe that or not, they are. They're in control of the banking system, the political system, the media, they're in control of all those things. What they're not in control of is our eternity. They're not in control of our faith. They're not in control of the spirit that's inside of us, who, the same spirit which raised Yeshua from the dead. The things I'm going to see is I'm going to see the Lord. Can't take that from me, First Peter 1.8. Though we do, now we do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. What a day that will be when my Yeshua I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. That, can be, that can't be taken from me. You may take my life. I don't believe you will. I believe the Lord has a purpose for me and will protect me, but whatever. You can take my money, take my car. You can take everything I have, but you know what you can't take? 
You can't take the fact that I'm going to see him face to face. You can't take away from me the final salvation, which David wrote about but didn't even experience until the Lord went down into Sheol and brought him to present David along with all the other saints of God as first fruits. Psalm 62, verse 2, He alone is my rock and my salvation. My defense and my strong tower, I will not be shaken or disheartened. You see, we were saved in this hope. We still hope. And we eagerly await for it with perseverance. We hold on. We keep going. We keep doing what we need to do because if you don't, the enemy in this world is going to suck the life out of you. For by it, for by waiting in faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. And you know what's interesting? Of all the people that are listed worthy or faith worthy, it begins with Abel, not Adam and Eve. Not a word of any repentance, faith, or holiness of life. Their spiritual and eternal faith fate is completely hidden. I guess we'll find out when we get there. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's the quantum realm. Spoke everything into existence. He continues to hold it together. The worlds, the the eternal world, the eons, the without perpetuity, the ages planned by God, by the spoken word of God, the things which we can see in existing material and the things we can't. That's what he's referring to. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, though he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away, form of rapture, remember that. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith is it, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is what? That he is God, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called. By the way, leaving a very prosperous, lush place, only taking what he could carry to go to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, well beyond the age that she should have been able to do so, 
And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's the absolute necessity of faith and the secret to pleasing your heavenly Father. When you have faith in Yeshua, when you have faith in his Son, when you have faith in the cross, when you have faith in this word, you please him. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you stop seeking him, he can't be found. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. This is not our home. We're just here temporarily. Our home is in eternity. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now, like you and me, they desire a better, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Lord told us in John seventeen sixteen. Speaking about the disciples, and I believe speaking about us as believers, they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. He left to go prepare a place for us. I believe we call that place paradise. It's a real place. It's outside of this reality. I believe it's probably one of the levels of heaven. Nobody's got a clear picture on that. But our citizenship is in heaven which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord. Philippians 3.20 This is not our home. Let me say that again. I know I just said it. And I'm not stuttering. I'm not repeating myself, though I am saying the same words again. This world is not our home. And if you desire to fit into this world, you do yourself a tremendous disservice. And you cut off the blessings of God because the blessings come from citizenship in heaven. See, we have been given an inheritance, imperishable and undefiled, that will not fade away. And where is it reserved for you? In heaven. So desire it. Stretch out to reach for it. Covet covet it. It's about the only thing. Don't be covetous. But if you want to covet anything, the blessings, the inheritance, heaven, salvation, relationship. And when you look at all these heroes of faith as they're called, We're just like them. They had not received all that they were promised. They 
clearly saw the promised blessings as we do by faith in the Spirit when we pray. This may sound um, unacceptable to some of you. I can only tell you the truth as I know it. But I've seen the blessings. I've seen the things which are to come. He can show us those things because he's outside of time. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. What we haven't done yet, he has already seen happen. So he can show you those things. And we are persuaded that the promises are true just like they were. And we embrace all the promises just like they did. They confess that they are strangers on this earth. And hopefully along with me, you confess that you are a stranger on this earth. You don't belong here. They were only pilgrims, just like we are. They declared that they sought heaven, just like we do. They were not mindful of earthly things. For the most part, every now and then, they tripped up, just like we do. But once set free, they were not willing to go back to the world. They weren't willing to go back to Egypt. They weren't willing to go back to where they came from. Once they crossed over into the promised land, that was their destination. They were there for the duration. But most of all, like us, they desire a heavenly country. By faith, Abraham, which he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, for which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. That's what he's talking about, half Egyptian, by the way, and worshipped leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones because he believed where they were going to be buried. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Messiah greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith harlot, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and of David and Samuel and the prophets who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths 
of lions. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of the weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle. Turn to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials, mockings, scourgings, and yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. By faith they refused to turn their back on God in order to be set free. We see that throughout the world. We see that in Africa. We see that in the Middle East. We see that in Korea and in China. Those that have faith in Yeshua, those that have faith in the living God, refuse to recant to be set free because they place their hope in a better life than this one after the resurrection. Now, all these people I've mentioned to you earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet not one of them received what they had been promised. they received it after when the Lord took them but in this world in this life they had not received what they'd hoped for but they still believed God has something better in mind for us see the book of Hebrews shows the link between faith hope obedience and endurance it illustrates that it's more than an intellectual acceptance to certain beliefs. It's heartfelt, knowing that you know that you know. It's God-honoring faith, taking God at his word, taking your heavenly Father as his word, and living expectantly and obediently in the present, waiting for him to fulfill his promises. That kind of faith brings suffering and persecution in various forms from a fallen world and the fallen enemy behind it. When you have that kind of faith and you live out that faith, you don't just talk it, you walk it. It puts a target on you, and the enemy wants to trip you up. He wants to steal it. He wants to show God that they can take it from you. Don't let them. Hold on to it for dear life. Therefore, back to the argument. Therefore, 
since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin, which is anything that separates us from God, which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Yeshua, who is the author and the perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Therefore, keep going. We keep going. No matter what, we keep going. No matter the odds, no matter the resistance, no matter what the enemy's done, no matter what the enemy's going to do, we keep going. We can't quit. We can't sit down. We can't wait. We've got to endure and run the race set before us. You've got to run your race. You've got to finish it. You've got to finish the journey. Father, we keep going. You did, Lord. You knew the price that you were going to pay. You knew what it was going to cost you. You knew why you had been born and what you were here to do. And you kept going. You could have turned back. You could have called for angelic reinforcements. You could have stopped it at any moment. But you kept going. Down each road, through each city. You kept going to Jerusalem. To the appointment of your destiny. And even after they beat you, whipped you, scourged you, threw that wooden beam on your back, and you kept going. And you walked it up to the hill and laid on that ground, probably forcefully so, thrown down. They nailed your hands, they nailed your feet, and they lifted you up in the air so that you could draw all mankind to you and shed every drop of blood and gave up your life. And then they put you in a borrowed tomb. And then the Spirit came back three days later and filled you and rose that 
dead body into a resurrected body to allow you to keep going from the tomb to your disciples to send them to the upper room and the Holy Spirit would come back. And now here we are. We keep going. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are struggling right now as we end this year, our year, not your year, according to our calendar. Some of them are struggling very badly. They need an infusion. They need your grace and your mercy. They need you to send angelic help. They need you to wake up people to pray in the night so that they can keep going. Send them, Lord. Send the angels. Send the hope. Send the power. Send the blessings. As I say every day when I talk to you, to become highly mobile, to go set the captives free, live out Luke 4.18, destroy the work of the enemy. No time to sit down. There'll be time to sit at the banquet table, the marriage supper of the Lamb, but for now we got to keep going. Keep praying, keep believing, and keep receiving. I pray that for you. I pray for me in Yeshua's name. Amen. If you know somebody that needs this message, send it to them. Send it to them before the year is out. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Adonai, Yeshua HaMashiach, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.